I grew up with only the like two cinemas, but during the pandemic, they showed Promising Young Woman in Bloemfontein in the cinemas. But my point is this movie, which I don't think would have gotten a wide South, South African release if there was a bunch of blockbusters around, got like a proper window for like four, five, six weeks. Like as a fan of superhero films and stuff like that, like you could always like, the main thing with like Marvel movies was that you could watch this to understand the next and the next and the next. But now because they're releasing series that's only on Disney Plus, we can't keep up with what's the storyline anymore. I would like to see maybe more opportunity for some sort of smaller films to get more recognition. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Yaku. And I'm Kaylee. And welcome back to Department Spotlight. It's the show where we talk to our friends and colleagues about their experiences in the film industry. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about going to the movies and specifically pandemics and what we saw pre and post and we'll go on to other things as well. So uh, let's get into it. So starting into it, what did you guys watch? <laughs> like what's the last thing you guys watched before the pandemic hit? Uh, I think if I remember correctly, it was 1917, which is a pretty good movie to be oh, the last movie. movie. But it was a long time ago, so it might also be Doolittle. I think you did so. <laughs> I think you're talking about the last time you watched movies was 1917, because that's what it feels like. <laughs> and yeah, hopefully it wasn't Doolittle, because yeah. I don't think that was the best film yeah. ever. Okay, but let me just defend myself, because I, um, I, I went to the movies in Cape Town with a friend. We wanted to see something else, and then wasn't showing at that specific cinema. So it was like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to point out the friend that was in Cape Town wasn't me or Mark, so anyway. No, because then I would have said, with Caden, <laughs> uh, with Mark. Uh, thanks for inviting us, man. Anyway, <laughs> Mark, what did you, what's the uh, last thing you watched before the pandemic hit? I think it was 1917 as well. Because I remember I Was it together? It might, it clear water. I think it might have been. It might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I watched it twice. In cinemas. I watched it once with you. Oh, okay. And the second and then, time wasn't with me. And then the second Either. time wasn't with Kaylin as well. Because we specifically don't invite him to watch. <laughs> no. No, but to be fair, before the pandemic started, you were not part of the company. It was just me and Mark making YouTube and phones and stuff. And also, let's just get this, make this very clear. Kaylin usually does not come along to movies. We've invited you so many times. So many times last year, and you just, uh, no, not last year, the year before. And you just, you're like, no, it's too far because uh, I live uh, in the South. I'll uh, defend myself by saying what they're saying is completely true. <laughs> he lives far and also he has a fiance. But he didn't have a fiance back then. He just didn't want to go he watch He had a girlfriend. I, I watched that, that Spider-Man movie with you once. And I watched that, I watched that Spider-Man movie with you once. <laughs> And technically, when we watch movies on our TV screens, it's like... <laughs> We've done that a lot. <laughs> yeah. We've watched um, a lot of movies on like Netflix and stuff. Yeah, but also Mark and Yaku like live this close to each other and I like love you. Um, for reference on the podcast, my hands are very far apart from each other. <laughs> if you listen. <laughs> what Kaylin's doing, he's making a, a visual joke. On uh, an audio format. Your audio format. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. What was the last movie the that last you movie watched? The last movie I watched in cinemas was Joker. Where's the English say Joker. Joker, I watched with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. That's how you say his name, isn't it? 
You watched Joker with Joaquin with Phoenix? Joaquin yes. Phoenix. <laughs> I watched the Joker that had Joaquin Phoenix in it. Not the movie cinema. The movie had Joaquin in it. It was good. I really enjoyed it. But also, it was like kind of empty. I don't know. Like when that movie came out, I don't think a lot of people knew what it was about. And then you know it was what? empty. And I think maybe it slowly built up in the box office. You know what? This is a good topic as well. Because even pre-pandemic, cinemas were emptying out, right? Yeah. And Mark likes to talk about Marvel a lot. But it is talk about it. No, but you guys talk about it. <laughs> but it is. But I'm no. But I, in the context that I'm talking that I'm getting at is Disney is responsible, I think, for a lot of cinemas of emptying out more. Uh, I think yeah, you know, like if you mean like in terms of that, they only go watch a, like a specific kind of movie or genre, and then that's where the cinemas are packed. But yeah. then. When they see the poster and they're like, a oh, drama with two unknown actors? Yeah. 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 Or even even two very well-known actors, but yeah. it's a slow movie. Yeah, I actually, in uh, when I was fourth year in honors, I actually wanted to write, like, my thesis on the only things in cinemas are sequels. Franchises. F- franchises and superhero films. Like, I wanted to say, like, that's where it looked like cinema was going and the golden age of storytelling was moving into like um, long format into series and stuff like that and people just mm. weren't interested in like stories that like, like they were the actual stories not saying that superhero films but I do don't th- have actual stories but I'm saying like original stories and stuff like that was kind of dying out from what I could see and going um, more into TV I think that's cool because when you go see a movie you have to pay like 150 rand mm-hmm. right or in America I don't know like 10 dollars yeah. so it's like expensive to go see a movie mm-hmm. so uh argument that you could make for these big movies is that they are big movies you know you go watch them mm-hmm. you're willing to spend that extra money yeah. because it's a huge thing and a lot of people talk about it and it's like you want to talk about it with your friends as yeah. well whereas if you spend that 150 rand and you your friend group isn't also people who like to watch you know movies at cinema nouveau or arts movies or whatever mm-hmm. then you spend that money and you're not going to talk to anybody about it, which is like part of the experience. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because that same 150 gives you a whole subscription to Netflix for a month with how many other movies from around the world. And it, it, like, it's interesting you say that people like will, will look to spend 150 on a particular kind of movie because they want to talk to about their friends. But I think that's more so also in the South African market, I think, because like if you like, when we went to France, like you saw there was like, DVD stores dedicated to just purely like full films that would play in Cinema Nouveau and stuff like that. And if that was a thing in South Africa that store would last like two weeks. Mm. Um, and I don't think I'm being pessimistic. I truly believe that uh, the large majority of uh, South African viewers, um, not that they don't want to watch, but I don't think they've actually been given that much exposure to that world because I don't think that the Mnets and stuff like that play those kind of films and more hype up. Like yo, there's a whole mm. channel dedicated to Fast and the Furious. And, I mean, they did try it with the Sundance thing and stuff like that, but I don't think they were pushing it as much mm. in South Africa, even our cinemas and stuff. So, And that's why I say kudos to Cinema Nouveau and places like that. But, yeah, it's kind of sad that not yeah. a lot of people are into that because... Yeah, and, I mean, Cinema Nouveau's branch of Sturkinico, which is one of the two biggest theatre chains in South Africa. Yeah. And it's cool that they themselves, because New Metro, which is the other one, doesn't do that. Yeah. But even Sturkinico has... I think two, three Nouveau cinemas. One Johannesburg, one Pretoria, one in Cape Town. And that's it for the whole country. But I'm curious, Mark, tell us your tip. Well, I think that 
I don't, I don't mind people going to like big event cinema and stuff. I mean, a lot of them just I'm particularly not into, but I think that as long as there's always a space for the mm. nouveau or, yeah. or at least I would like to see maybe more opportunity for some sort of smaller films to get more recognition. Like I know that always the, the batch of like Oscar films always when, when they get nominated and stuff and have a lot of awards, they then break out away from Nouveau and then they start playing in the other mm. more mainstream cinemas and stuff. And maybe there could be like some initiative that more of a handful of films that get not not only Oscars recognition, um, maybe the films that get recognition at other festivals and stuff also can maybe, there's like mm. one or two of them at the more mainstream mm. stuff as well. I think also just from like a consumer point of view, just like variety as well. You might not be living next to a Nouveau. Like, we, Rosebank Nouveau is just, like, right mm -hmm. here for us, so we just go. But for people that don't live near one, it's also a matter of just going to the movies and then there's only, like, one type of movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, it's okay. I'm fine with that type of movie existing. I'm not going to say, like, oh, they should never exist. Yeah. But like, there should be other things there. As no, well, definitely, you know? definitely. But it's. I think it's also interesting because I think you made that post also recently that that film that's playing. I think it was your parent that made that post about the film. Uh, what's that film from the Sutu? That really, really amazing. Oh, this is not a. Res it's not a burial. It's a resurrection. And like, if you look at films like that, like so many people want to go watch it, but it's so hard because it's only playing. I think at the bioscope or something. Like for like. Yeah, there's two cinemas left. Exactly. Because people aren't watching it, so they can't afford exactly. to keep it open. And I feel like films like that, even like when it comes to local or like films like of that nature, people outside our country will know more about that film that's than true, people yeah. this side. You know, like it'll mm -hmm. be more hype around it. And I think that's so sad because, like, from what I hear, it's such a powerful and potent film. And for it to not be playing in our mainstream cinemas, I think is a bit of a tragedy. I mean, if it was good enough that it like, got somewhere with the Oscars, what happened there? They made the shortlist for the Oscars. Yeah, I mean, for something that made the shortlist of the Oscars, not, not play in the mainstream from, like, not the country that it's, like, from, but, like, within the realm of, like, the place it was made, I think is really, really sad. So, but I also just blame, like, consumers in not trying to watch more things coming from this side or trying yeah. to be made aware of I read this thing it was this thing about Netflix in South Africa not Netflix themselves but like a was it the government or something was gonna like regulate mm. how much international content can be played versus South African content right the percentages there needs to be more of a South African percentage but then in the article it was true and it's what they're gonna do if this thing starts to you know but, come, to, come to the fore is that they're just going to cut down the international yeah. bouquet to make the percentage. I think they should rather do... Increase. Yeah, what you're, talk, yeah. Yeah, what you're talking about with the showing the South African films or more African films in the country, in, in South Africa, is that they should do that for the cinemas. They should say mm. that certain amount of films need to be South African films. And then... Mm. You could either do like reruns of stuff or you could do, or that would create more, not pressure, but like incentive for more South African mm. films to be mm. there so that you can start growing a culture like they do have in France, where mm. then we would start seeing more stores dedicated to different kinds of cinema. Mm. And what you're saying isn't new or radical or revolutionary. Many countries, most countries have that thing. Uh, that you're talking about where there has to be a specific percentage. I think the issue with doing it with Netflix, like you said, is 
Netflix is just starting in South Africa. And if you limit that, then, you know, they're going to take out like 80% of their catalog because there's a percentage. It's not, a, not like a number amount. There has to be 30 productions. It's like 20%. And if you think Netflix has hundreds of shows, 20, 20% of a thousand is 200 and they don't have, well, maybe they do. I'm just in theoretical terms. They don't have 200 out of a thousand shows for every thousand shows there needs to be 200 south african shows or movies that's crazy you know yeah. if they aren't going to take away the international bouquet they're going to start scrambling for getting like a back catalog of south african stuff that sure. is on that is on showmax or something mm -hmm. and then showmax, showmax and netflix are going to start like fighting against one another yeah. mm -hmm. so there should it should be incentive to and more money into the industry rather than saying like putting these like hard and fast things and mm -hmm. then just and I think that like even like you're saying incentive and the incentive should be I think aimed at new like, not to like sound like the, the older generation doesn't have a lot to offer but I'm saying just incentives also just for un, like scripts and, and writers and directors that haven't had a chance before like you know like I'm not saying just choose any old script but I think they should stop sending that to the same pool of people that mm -hmm. keep making stories mm -hmm. like I think there's a lot of powerful stories by undiscovered South African stuff um filmmakers and i think that that incentive should then be aimed towards that because i mean just another shout out to sub like our sub like it gives a platform for people that you haven't heard of before and stuff and you can just find those diamonds in the rough but it's interesting you know but uh just i want to i want to just mention as well back to what you were saying about Nouveau not being close i grew up in Bloemfontein, which there's no Nouveau, nowhere nowhere <laughs> you think you find this out Bloemfontein is like three and three and a half hours from here I grew up with only the, like, we had two cinemas. There's one Stokinico and one New Metro, and those were the options, right? But, but during the pandemic, which is where I want to sort of shift the conversation, um, maybe it was just because there weren't a lot of movies getting a theatrical release, but they showed Promising Young Women in Bloemfontein in the cinemas. Don't say anything. <laughs> Kaylin, Kaylin has this... The thing where he thinks that I try to put promising young women that, into every conversation. Every conversation. Because it's really good. It's so every, good. <laughs> every week he finds a new way to bring up this movie. But, <laughs> but my point is, this movie, which I don't think would have gotten a wide South, South African release if there was a bunch of blockbusters around, got like a proper window for like four, five, six weeks where, I mean, there was nobody in the cinema. When I went to go watch it, this was in like December or something. Um, there was like, it was me and my friend and like one of the staff sitting in this whole cinema. Yeah. So I'm, I don't think it was a successful run, but it got a run, which I don't think it would have, it would have just been in Nouveau and that's it. So talking about that, um, before we get into post pandemic, what were some of like your favorite content to come out during the pandemic or like, what are some interesting you guys, uh, takes you guys saw coming out of the pandemic in terms of filmmaking? For me, the, the biggest thing. And I'm a sucker for time travel. <laughs> Palm Springs, dude. Like, Ooh, that was, yeah, that was so good. good. Uh, yeah, I think that was, for me, one of the best, one of the best things. But it was one of the early good things mm. that came out of the pandemic. Obviously, I don't know if it counts because it technically released at sundowns just before <laughs> everything was locked down. And because it was such a, you know, it was the highest, uh, the movie that sold for the highest amount in sundowns history. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably why it was pushed so much. Mm -hmm. But I think that was one of the biggest things. That's when I was like, okay, things are still sort of 
okay-ish. Did you watch it in cinemas? No. <laughs> that was like June, July when it came out. Yeah. It was on like Amazon or something. So yeah, on your point, um, what you're talking about as well, like it's just about content that came out during the pandemic or filmmaking during the pandemic. I think it was interesting when uh, Sam Levinson, the guy who uh, was like the showrunner and did a lot with Euphoria, like created that show. He he and his wife actually, they like went into like this thing with like, okay, we have this entire crew that just did Euphoria. How do we now like get them back into work and stuff because they couldn't get back onto the show. So they kind of got back into this vibe. Okay, like what can we write? for the pandemic too, that we can shoot during the pandemic that can be yeah. safe and still give these people back their jobs. And then they made Malcolm and Marie, which I thought was interesting. And they like, I mean, you can, you can kind of tell it's like a film that wasn't like really written over a couple of years. Like it was something you could see that was just made for that. But I think it was really nice to see that there were some filmmakers that were just making content purely so that their friends could get back onto set yeah. and, and, and work around those kind of situations. So I thought that was something really interesting to, to come out of the pandemic. And then you saw the opposite end of it where like people were also like, had bigger films like that thing that happened with Tom Cruise where he just lost oh, his yeah. mind <laughs> with I think uh, like I can't remember who it was Mission Impossible on so. Mission Impossible where like he was just like no I don't want to ever see you again on the set because they no, were no, standing too close to each other or something yeah he said he doesn't want to see that behavior again oh yeah, yeah. but didn't he like like yeah no he was like screaming at <laughs> but I, I think that I mean, I, I don't know Tom Cruise at all and I don't want to like stick up for him or whatever, but I think there's so much pressure on him because he produces yeah, his movies as well. Yeah. And like they were, they were like one of the first big crews to like start filming again. Yeah. So like any sort of small thing would get, they would get shut down, <laughs> you know? So I think there's like a lot of pressure on him. I mean, he did definitely overreact, but at the same time, like, he pulled it's a like... full Christian bail on <laughs> But I think that's interesting also another topic to just talk about is like um, how many films had to like just stretch out over like the like production went to be like six months and then COVID hit and then production went on to be like like over now two years like so many films had to be put on hold. Like mm. we've been waiting for the 007 for <laughs> almost yeah. every Marvel uh, yeah. piece of content. Marvel had to reshuffle a lot of their stories and how they told their stories. The Batman movie also with Robert Pattinson, that thing's been like yeah. shooting, then someone gets COVID yeah. and then like, you know, so I think it's interesting also to see how it's like affecting bigger productions and the studio's pockets in that way. Yeah. Cause I mean, this um, double, the, the thing that happened with 007 is basically almost destroying MGM like they I yeah. think they got bought over now or something like that by Amazon or something really yeah Amazon bought them because what? they couldn't because that movie was meant to make its money back so quickly and then if you yeah. look at the effects it had yeah. um, but now finally we films are coming back to cinema like I know uh, Disney for Marvel they released a thing that like a whole campaign with all the films saying get back into cinemas with like a thing showing all their films uh, one movie that was on streaming during the pandemic was I'm Thinking of Ending Things, the Charlie Kaufman film. But that wasn't, I'm trying to, it was kind of difficult to think of examples that were like, because that was shot before the pandemic and then they obviously went into post and then released it. Yeah, during. but but did they make it specifically to go onto streaming or was uh, it supposed to go onto streaming? I think it was a Netflix film. But I think it did But Netflix, yeah, would get theatrical runs. It did get a few... So moving on, um, what was the first movie that you saw um, when theatres were opening up? 
Uh, that's an interesting one. So mine was actually pretty special. Well, not the movie, but like the incident. Uh, so basically, uh, my girlfriend at the time, well, like you're saying, like we broke up, but she's my fiance now. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so she kind of planned um, like this whole day for me, like a surprise day. And then it ended with us watching Wonder Woman oh, on okay. my birthday for the thing, which I mean, was a pretty good movie. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was that was the first film, and it was we couldn't okay. I couldn't really gauge um, the size of the audience in it because we watched it in one of those prestige things where it's like like only oh, ten okay, seats okay. kind of thing, and there was actually like three or four people in, but I think it's because it was December holidays, yeah, and yeah, that was my first, and it was like so it was really nice to just go back into That's a cinema. Cool relax, eat popcorn and watch a movie again. That's cool. I think, I mean, that's quite late, actually. Yeah. Like, we, me and Mark, we went to go see Tenet um, when cinemas just opened. Right? Do you remember that? Yeah. We did invite Caitlin for that one. He didn't want to come. It was the movie that was supposed to bring everyone back to cinemas, but, yeah. like, way too early. In way the too early. When did it come out? Christopher Nolan like lives September. in the bubble. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, September, I think, and um, South Africa just moved down to lockdown level three, I think, which uh, which was the first time that I could actually leave Bloemfontein and come back to my apartment. Because yeah. originally lockdown was going to be three weeks. So I only packed for three <laughs> weeks of clothes. And then I didn't have any winter clothes, stayed there till like September. Then when I came back um, to sort of pack my things because I was moving out of that place, Mark was like, Let, let's go watch Tenet. Because back then it was like, this is going to be... The yeah. only movie that you watch besides yeah. Trolls, um, <laughs> Trolls World Tour, uh, it's the only thing that we could watch, and it's a Christopher Nolan movie, and it's like a big thing. His movies are usually really, you know, you, you want to see them in a cinema yeah, because they have yeah. the sound and whatever. Turned out to be a huge disappointment. <laughs> you should have watched Trolls. <laughs> I know, because like a lot of people say when they went to watch it, they should have called that tetanus or something because of how bad the sound was in our head. At least we would have been able to hear trolls. Because, <laughs> oh my word. Yeah, because I watched, I watched it on streaming and it was just like, just the most, like, like I was so disappointed. But like, I've slowly like been like disconnecting from Nolan, like since Dunkirk, like it, they're all like good forms, but I feel like it gets a bit too pretentious with him if yeah. that makes sense and sometimes he just like doesn't want to explain anything and even in that movie when, when they ask explain. the explanation they're like when they ask the exclamation the woman's like no it's just too complicated to explain you're like oh. so you're just gonna let us just just go no but even you. in Tenet like, you didn't watch the whole thing <laughs> there's like there's like these like scenes exposition scenes where he just explains things for 10 minutes like the worst scenes and they're just talking they're not like showing I, I wasn't like, a fan but <laughs> they don't speak like humans they just say things to no, one and, another. No, and it's scenes just, just happen in that movie. Yeah, things happen in that movie. That's <laughs> it. It's a movie where things happen. <laughs> it's a, I don't know what. <laughs> I really enjoyed the concept and I followed it pretty well um, because of my... I did my thesis on time travel movies, so... <laughs> but but I, so that's me being pretentious. But um, So I did follow the story, but I, I do agree still that it was, it was yeah. not... But, but I think just on that... Um, on that as well, just talking about Christopher Nolan, um, what happened with Warner Brothers at that same time when they decided, okay, because it's, okay, it wasn't like still hard lockdowns, but like, since Tenet Deport and since people's not going to cinemas and stuff, let's release everything on streaming 
Simultaneously. Yeah. Simultaneously without consulting the filmmakers. Yeah. Or I don't know, like, yeah, so they said, to anyone. No, so they just decided to release the whole 2021 slate on streaming mm. at the same time as, like, a very short theatrical run. Mm. Obviously, I don't know if America is even open, the theaters are even open yet. I don't know. But, mm. oh, they are. Mm. Okay, so, but our theaters open pretty early. But, so, so we don't have HBO Max, so we could, we only get the the um, theatrical run, but in in America they just without consulting the people who made the movies, mm-hmm. without like even considering contracts and everything, they're just like, we're just gonna put it all on streaming. Yeah. And then a lot of filmmakers, including Christopher Nolan, this is actually the the craziest thing to me because Christopher Nolan has always been a big proponent of Warner Brothers, right? Yeah. I think he made his last ten movies with Warner with Brothers, Warner Brothers. Yeah. and then um, on the day that they or the next day. When after they made the announcement, this is the best. I'm going to put the... I, I might be misquoting this, but I'm going to put the actual tweet here. He said, uh, a lot of us went to bed last night thinking we were working for the best studio. Today, we woke up and we realized that we uh, that we are working for the greediest one. Yeah. No, but like, I, I, I was like, also, because I think you showed me that. And I was like... But it's true though, like it like not because I know that he's also a big advocate for watching movies in cinemas and yes. stuff like that. And I think it's just eating hard because the main thing for them was like, okay, we're starting HBO Max. How do we draw people away from Netflix and stuff? Oh, let's put our whole slate on you. And I don't think it was actually for the sake of making convenient for people. I think it was more of an attraction kind of mm. thing, you know. And I think that's where you are like. No, that was just like such yeah. a hurtful thing to do. To, they stuck to their guns as well. They're still doing it. They're yeah, still doing it. Happen. I mean, we also like, they, they released Justice League only on there and we tried everything to try and watch yeah. it. We tried to get a VPN, VPN. but then we need a minute. So if, like, I also feel like for a lot of streaming services and stuff like that, like also like for those kind of things, I feel like it's also a thing where just Americans could I watch mean, certain content. I mean, it did eventually. Like it's on, it's on like uh, DSTV now. Is it? Yeah. Uh, it's like on catch up. It's it's available in South Africa somewhere. I'm yeah. not exactly sure where, yeah. but it is available now. Um, but it's like later, yeah. Yeah. which I mean that we're used to that. Like we always <laughs> get things later. Yeah, exactly. But in this, I think in the pandemic, we got so used to as soon as Netflix releases something, it's released everywhere. Yeah. You know, we we got used to HBO shows like um, on Showmax. Show yeah, like like Game of Thrones being released at the same time. Yeah. On Showmax, yeah, as it was in, the same time. in America, yeah. exactly. So, so we got used to that, and now we're like, oh, right, right, we're a third world country. <laughs> no, right. but even but that's also now my gripe with. Okay, it's not really talking about pandemic, but just my issue in general with uh, Disney Plus. Because now there's completely new content that we can't watch at all kind of thing and for me like as a fan of superhero films and stuff like that like you could always like the main thing with like Marvel movies was that you could watch this to understand the next and the next and the next but now because they're releasing series that's only on Disney Plus we can't keep up with what's the storyline anymore Mm. we have to like you know like like see where we can try and get like well oh this website's here we can try this and like and try and find the most ways like the the certain ways that are legal to try and watch it And like they aren't, like they really aren't. You can, the the best way that I found though is you can, if you get a VPN, you can sign up for YouTube TV, which is um, only, I think, I don't know if it's just in America, but using the VPN, log on to America, sign up for 
YouTube TV and then you can add HBO Max and add Disney Plus to your subscription. But now it's like you have to pay a bunch of extra money yeah, just, just for exactly. YouTube TV. And then on top of that, they take their commissions exactly. for HBO Max. Exactly. Whole thing. And I have a lot more to say about it, but I don't want to get too political about it on this thing. But I just thought that they really need to just at least show some effort. Because from the articles I read, like they don't really have a plan for getting to Africa and, and releasing mm-hmm. stuff this side. So I think that's just one of them. That's such a good point. Yeah, no, well, you know, like, <laughs> please still hire me one day for a superior movie. But like, uh, no, like I made it. It shows I, that you care. Yeah, no, because right? like I made a tweet about this as well. Where I was just like, do you get like, you like you have the movie like Lion King and, and that film about chess, the queen, um, I can't remember about it, but it's like a... a in film, yeah, yeah, where it's about this chess player in Kenya, I believe, mm-hmm. as well. And you have, like, Black Panther and all these things. And you have these movies that tell our stories and, like, use... African stories. African stories. And you have, like... Um, and you're making so much money off of it, like, Black Panther made so much. But then when it comes to trying to bring that content back here, you don't have a plan for it and you release things first there. And, like, they're even having, like, a, a Black Panther TV series and all of that coming out that's going to go for Disney+. Plus, But you can't even watch that in Africa. So I just thought that was kind of, like, a bit of a douchey move that they don't try to, like, even try to make a plan to try to release it here and try and make those same stories available here that they, like, kind of mind the year in terms of stuff yeah. like that. So for me, it's, I'm sorry, but for me, it was kind of a personal yeah. topic that I just get really angry because I love keeping up with Marvel things, but now you, you're literally excluding me from trying to also keep up with the storylines because I love comic books and stuff like that. And yeah. and it, for me, it's just really... Because now I can't even watch my favorite YouTube channels because they're discussing all of those things. Yeah. And it's like big spoilers for me and stuff. I want to say controversial. We're probably going to cut out. But like, <laughs> it's colonialism. It's literally <laughs> taking it's, African stories out of Africa and keeping it... Exactly. And like, we want to be nice about it, but it's flipping upsetting, you know? Like, for me, like, truly, like, I really want to keep up with certain things. And then you're, like, literally excluding us and you're, like, you're not making, like, big steps towards bringing it here for us to watch or at least saying, okay, well, we made a deal with this or we made a deal with this. Like, at least HBO that did that with Showcase with the Showmax and stuff like that. So, I just really, it's uh, something I was a bit angry about. Yeah. But. That was a very important <laughs> point, very interesting point. I hope someone there hears it because <laughs> it's like ridiculous film experiences in cinemas when i was like okay watching movies in the cinemas is like back now whereas mm. when we watched tenant i was like could have not watched that <laughs> um was when we watched the father oh. um watching that in cinemas was amazing and uh, a quiet place part two we watched it in yes. imax yes. i was like yes <laughs> yes this is why we go to the movies just for the record we have invited Kaylin every time, every time, every time since we went back. Kaylin doesn't want to go with us. So yeah, it's funny you guys watch such like great films uh, in cinemas. I think I've just watched things that are a bit of stinkers. Like last thing I watched was King Kong versus Godzilla. Oh, hectic. Yeah, there's so many problems. Like I've actually yeah. know a lot of people like, oh, that movie is amazing. That movie is brilliant. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, no. And like. Different strokes, man. <laughs> I just also just want to ask uh, before we end things, like how many people were there in like a quiet place too? Like, did it give some no. revitalization? There was the five people. Yeah. It was One, a quiet place. But you watch it on the two. <laughs> <laughs> Puns. Because um, I know my aunt went to go watch it on a Friday night in the cinemas and she said it was just her mm. and her partner and yeah. no one else and I was like so I, I want to yeah I want to end it off by saying I've seen like quite a few movies I, I 
because in Bloemfontein there's usually nobody in the cinemas and anyway. <laughs> yeah and anyway and with the pandemic there was like nobody so I went to go watch movies in the cinemas pretty often if there was something good um, or like I also watched Songbird which is that movie that they made about the pandemic just trash um, because there was something else that I wanted to watch that wasn't anyways what I want to say is like go back to the movies just it's not it's pretty safe people go to restaurants um, and they sit next to each other like tables are close there's this one restaurant in Crystal Mall that's like in the middle of the like hallway of I know the which mall. restaurant you're talking about I hate this restaurant because it's like in the middle of the hallway so people have to like go around the restaurant uh, in this like tiny little corridor and then the people in the restaurant are sitting it's packed it's like yeah. side to side and then there's no, there's no like covering people are, they're at a restaurant so they're safe now no masks people but if you're like walking next to them then you like you have to wear your mask but like just on the other side of this tiny little like it's not even a, a, a fence it's like a little pole and then no you're safe in there you're not safe go back to the movies it's, it's kind of expensive but it's guarantee you it's much safer right. than going to a restaurant and with the rows of people sitting behind and in front of you mm. and the spaces on either side of you you're mm. going to be more socially distanced than you are in a packed restaurant exactly so it's mm. like more and it's a place that gets cleaned after every single screening exactly. so I like go yeah. back to i mean if you're food. using that money for the weekend to club i would say rather because i mean that's pretty packed and i've seen so many people like wearing not masks and stuff in there not to yeah. to say anything about clubbing or anything like that but i'm just saying then the, the the cinemas are really safe and they've really taken so many precautions. So I'd say if you were going to use that money to maybe go out and party and be in a bit more danger, I'd rather say go to the cinemas. It's much safer and it's still a good night out and entertaining. And, you know, uh, I think the, the industry really needs it right now. So the whole of Sturkinical is in business rescue now, not just Nouveau or anything. The whole company is in business rescue and they're having drive-in and Santa so, trying to make... Uh, back some money um and the movies aren't particularly for me but please go and just go back to the movies um because then if they go down then that's not just the smaller movies that won't be seen as we were talking about earlier it's everything i don't know if uh we've explained this before but stokiniko is like one of the biggest um, like theater companies in South Africa for the international listeners out there. So yeah, that's it's a pretty pretty big thing if they go into business rescue. It's them and you make sure they kind of are the biggest right now. And I see at movies is also one of the ones coming up. But yeah, just for context. Yeah, definitely go to the cinemas, support your local cinemas, and uh, and your yeah, local uh, films <laughs> and some local films. Go back to the bioscope as well. They're having screenings. They have they have special events as well. The bioscope in Johannesburg. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So thank you guys so much. I think uh, we said a lot of important things, a lot of interesting things. Um, I think the pandemic has taught us a lot of things, as filmmakers and as audiences and uh, and as audiences exactly. And thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast and you'd like to watch the video version, head over to YouTube.com forward slash loop pictures and uh, maybe consider subscribing as well. We also have a recent membership program that we've set up over on YouTube. And until next time, go out there, stay safe and make your movie. movie.